Houston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Fire Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bolo. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible Jarvis Jones. The game winner got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown to one Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Monday, another week of Sandos and the Sidekick. They've yet to kick us off there, so we'll continue to do the show. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, we recapped the past weekend, and uh, it was a rough day for men's basketball. Certainly a great day because ETSU beat Chattanooga. Nobody was more happy about that than me, and I challenged Coochie's on that, too. I think she knows. I was happier about that than her. Certainly, uh, great homestand for the women's basketball team. They pick up three wins. We'll talk about that a little later. Bold prediction recaps. Uh, got one and was all oh, so close, but it doesn't matter. You don't get one for being close, correct? Uh, you don't, and you're trimming the gap on me. I was hideous yet again. Oh, the like Lakers gave up 143 to the 76ers, 143 points. I don't even know what other sports you get to those kind of points in. Figure skating? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Diving, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, equestrian. I'm not. I'm not going to water polo. I, I don't know. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, uh, I would love just to spend a segment on the mind jamming of the Pelicans to the Lakers yeah. and uh, what that was. Maybe if we have like a day, we got nothing to talk about. I'd like to talk about: is that genius or did they hurt themselves? So is it genius that the Pelicans played the mind games with the Lakers and now they? Just sort of going to be imploding. Brought them down from the inside. But in the same token, if you're any other player, do you look at New Orleans and go, "How in the world can I go play for you?" If you're more worried about that, so we can talk about that one day. Uh, I'm sure we'll have time to kill one. There'll be a bottom of the notebook show. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll be able to do whatever. So, uh, and then of course, pros versus Jays on Monday, right? We've always got that going. Yes, but not this week. It is supplanted with a different segment that is equally or. Uh, even more so in the favor of the field versus Jay. Uh, oh, I, I got a feeling I do not like this. Oh, I'm very excited oh, for yeah. it. It's, about, it's a once in a blue moon type segment, but it is worth the wait every time. All right. Well, let's start uh, three straight ETSU women's basketball. Big win over Chattanooga. And uh, we both thought this is nowhere near the Chattanooga of old. We both thought it was going to be a very winnable game for ETSU. They certainly played better at home. There was a lot of former ETSU basketball women players that were in attendance, some that were actually sending me messages wanting to see if we were there, but we had already left to Furman. But certainly a great day for ETSU. And, and for Eric Haynes Overton, what a bounce back, right? She started, I think. 1 of 12. Oh, oh yeah, well, she was 0 of 11. Yeah. And then, and then I think she had right 6. Before the half that, yeah. Right, and then 6 in a row or something crazy. Yep, that's right. So huge day for her, Mike, and a big win for the women's team. Yeah, so she was 1 of 12 at the half, and you're right, 0 of 11 to start, and then I think it was like the last bucket of the first half was hers, but 19 points for Erica, and 7 of 21, but really when you came out of the locker room and needed to create a little distance with Chattanooga, it was a four-point game, or five-point game, excuse me. I wouldn't say it was necessarily an offensive exhibition in that first half, 27 to 22, but Chattanooga, I think, while they have been scoring, you know, 72 points a game in conference play, which that was eye-popping to me because when you look at them, they don't strike you as a tremendously talented offensive team. They have Lakeland Bolden, who is a very good player, but you could see on Saturday, she goes through her rough patch, and she went 3 of 13 from the floor, 0 of 5 from deep, ended with just 9 points. Ebony Williams was the one that really killed ETSU in the first matchup down at the Roundhouse. She goes 3 of 11. Uh, four rebounds, which was way down from her 11. The first time, five turnovers, so she did not have nearly the game that she did about a month ago. And you look at how Chattanooga plays, I think, with what fits their strength. That would be the kind of game where I, I would picture them excelling, actually, is that high 50s, low 60s game because they're not that talented this year. They're just not, and it's not 
a slight on the girls on the team or anything like that. It's just you look at them matched up with teams um, around the conference aside from Mercer, and I think they're right on par with a lot of the others. You know, you probably leave behind uh, a Western Carolina, you know, out of that conversation, but pretty much everyone else, CTSU, Chattanooga, you know, so on and so forth, I think they're about in the same plane, which is why it was interesting to see them at 6-1 and one coming into that contest, and ETSU holds them to 3 of 23 from beyond the arc, and Erica gives them that push out of the locker room where the Bucks outscore Chat by 6 points in the third, and really then it was a pretty evenly played fourth quarter. You just never really got the sense that the Bucks were in trouble when Chattanooga was trying to mount a comeback because while there were opportunities there for the Mox, they just couldn't make shots. Well, and, and I, I think it was important for ETSU to win a game where they didn't just outscore somebody, right? I mean, didn't just get to 70, right. 80 points and right. just outlast them. Yep. They were able to win a game in which they didn't score particularly well at home, and that was one of their worst uh, shooting performances in Brooks Gym this season, but for the most part, to be able to win a low-scoring game. I, I thought for sure for ETSU to win by double digits, it was going to be an 80-70, to 70, yeah. 85 70, something along those lines. But to uh, just win by uh, putting 64 points on the board, I think that can do a lot for ETSU for when they go on the road. And I know that's been sort of the bugaboo when they've been away from Brooks Gym. But to me, if they see that they can win a game only scoring 60-some points, uh, on the road just means you certainly got to pick up the defense uh, a little bit better. But, you know, ETSU just two players and double figures. And the thing I liked is they – and I thought they would spread the wealth around. They didn't quite get me, and we'll go over that in bold predictions to what I wanted. But they did have enough different people scoring besides Erica Haynes-Overton, I think, made things difficult for the mocks. Yeah, without a doubt. And they the nice thing is that for ETSU, like you said, they win a game that's more low scoring. Uh, the previous two games they had scored, what, 85 and 88. So – to be able to win different styles of games, especially when you go on the road, because if you remember at Wofford last year, which is ETSU's next game Thursday, which we're going to preview ahead of that 11 o'clock tap on Thursday morning, it was a 61-58 game. It was ugly. Uh, I don't think anyone would call that a basketball masterpiece, at least on one end of the floor. Um, not one I'm sure that many want to go back and watch, but it was a victory for ETSU nonetheless, 61 to 58. That's the type of game that sometimes you have to win on the road. You look at the type of games that ETSU has played on the road this year in conference, and think about that Mercer game. That was one that was like, what, 20 to 18 or 22 to 20 at the half, and then you had Mercer kind of explode out of the locker room and pull away in that fourth quarter. But again, if ETSU could have kept up that defensive intensity, Mercer would have missed a couple of shots that they perhaps um, in the first half also missed rather than making those same shots you would have had a game in the 40s 50s um, and so on so yeah I think that is the type of game that you have to be able to win for you know going away from your home gym and ETSU had been shooting the ball from three relatively well over the first you know seven eight games of the conference here they're in fact second in the league right now and conference only stats in three-point percentage went just two of ten but that didn't seem to matter free throws 14 to 25 kind of slipped back into some of their old habits in conference play they've been a lot better but that was really their first bad conference game at the line first one below 60 percent but again they were still able to step up on the other end of the court and make up for some of that and on the boards how about 96 combined rebounds that tells you how many missed shots there were and how the teams were kind of getting up and down the court getting shots up but 52 to 44 in favor of ETSU so not only was it yeah Chattanooga missed some shots ETSU was able to put up a good defensive effort and stifle them force them turnovers and convert off some of those turnovers and also make them struggle on that end of the floor they were also not their best that day and what's the mark of a good team you win when you're not at your best yeah I mean just going two of ten from three and I like the fact they realized okay you don't necessarily have to you know hit eight or nine threes a game to, to win right as opposed to Chattanooga who kept shooting and went oh three yeah three of 23 right so I mean what was that five of 33 combined so not a uh, perimeter shooting display but I like that ETSU kind of discovered, hey, that's not working for us. Let's figure out other ways to score. They end up getting 34 points in the paint. I mean, Chattanooga did have 28 points in the paint as well. And, you know, 15 turnovers I thought was a low number for Chattanooga. Yeah. I thought ETSU maybe needed to force more, uh, you know, 12 points off those turnovers. But an important stat that I didn't think would go ETSU's way was the 20. And, of course, they missed a lot of shots. But 21 offensive rebounds and 15 points. Uh, second chance opportunities. So you look at some of the ancillary categories, more points off turnovers, more second chance points, more points in the paint. Uh, and then it just, you know, the, uh, three-point shooting to me was a wash. I mean, three of 23, yeah. two of 10. 
free throw shooting was a little disappointing for ETSU, and I know that your bold prediction was a hundred percent. Make everyone, yeah. yeah. But still, <laughs> I, I think the fact they got to the line and almost hit more free throws than Chattanooga attempted, that's always a good sign of a chance to win. So I liked, you know, everything didn't go the way ETSU had been playing at home, but they were still able to pick up a win against your arch rival and to keep pace in the Southern Conference standings is, uh, I think, Furman uh, had won a couple of games, so they're just a half game behind Furman. So yeah. Mercer obviously still undefeated. And I, I thought Sanford, like you did, would give them a little bit of a fight uh, uh didn't happen. Chattanooga six and two, uh, Furman six and three, ETSU five and three. So really, uh, uh, was that a full game back at Chattanooga, half game back of Furman, and six Furman games the, to go, right? Yeah, and Furman is the game on Saturday, uh, so one week from ETSU's win over Chattanooga. Those twenty-one offensive rebounds, second most this season for the Bucks, fifty-two total rebounds is most for ETSU. So some impressive stats there. You mentioned alumni weekend. I had a chance to talk with um, a lot of alumni, seven or eight of them. Uh, for a little video project we were working on over uh, with Stephen May, who's our director of video here in athletics. And it was so cool to go back down the reminiscing road with some of these players from the late 60s, early 70s. Talked with Dr. Shelton for about 20 or 25 minutes. She was honored at the end of the first quarter, uh, her jersey now hanging from the rafters in Brooks Gym. Um, it's incredible to hear some of the things that those players went through. And I'm talking just out outlandish, outrageous stories for our day and age, right? And I talked to them about adverse conditions because they were telling me about how there would be the head coach, Dr. Shelton, you know, about five, six years older than them at the time. Uh, she would have, because she was being paid, what she told us was uh, like $6,500 a year to be the head coach. Um, of the program and so she said yeah you know I, I didn't have any money so there was a time where we were coming down from Boone and it started to snow and I knew that van wasn't getting over the mountains we had to stop and I had enough money on my credit card for one hotel room and so all 14 of us slept in one hotel room and there are a lot of stories like that and when I pressed them on what was it like to you know go through those adverse conditions and see how things are now and they're like we didn't really think of it as adverse conditions you know that was we were just happy to be playing ball you know it was it was fun to us and that was during a time where they went from three-on-three three half court to rover to the five-on-five five we see now so there was a lot of great um, stories shared and I know there was about 75 or so alumni and their guests that showed up on Saturday and this was kind of a first of its kind thing in terms of the scale that it was under head coach Brittany Azell and uh, just to talk with some of them who are now in their you know 60s and 70s to see them reminisce and get back together after not being with each other for about 25 years they said really special really cool and, and Janice Shelton was here, uh, still working at the athletic department when I was in school. Oh, okay. So I got to talk to Dr. Shelton sure. a little bit. And uh, a great, great lady yeah. and a great ambassador for ETSU. And I thought a great honor for her. And I thought it was interesting, some of the teammates. And, and sometimes you get things like this. When you have these reunions, there were some, some teammates that actually had not been on campus either since they graduated. Yep. And they haven't seen teammates yep. in like 30, yep. 40 years. So that's incredible, too. So that's a look ETSU women's basketball. When we come back, I'm – We'll have a recap. I don't know how much of it. We'll have a recap. ETSU men lost at Furman. We'll talk about that right after this timeout. This is Sanderson Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning, and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying, too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own one. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. 
Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Hyundai, a winning combination, the Johnson City way. Today and every day, Johnson City Hyundai is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City way. When you come to Johnson City Honda... You can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Sandoz to the sidekick back with you. Segment two today, recapping. ETSU or whatever that team was versus Furman. <laughs> Certainly, Mike, you could have thrown a lot of possibilities on the board. And I, and I think going down there, heartbreaking loss, Wofford, you certainly could see how ETSU uh, could lose that game. I think if you would have said, well, you know, ETSU a little bit of a hangover go down. Furman obviously ranked early. They were the Darlings. They get to play everybody at home now. They play everybody on the road first. I try to tell everybody for several weeks now like hold off writing off Furman because they're going to be able to get a lot of games home late and see if maybe they can't recover from a slow conference start I think the other thing is maybe you discount the fact that Furman took a personal the 23 point uh, loss in Freedom Hall but Furman got off to a quick start Clay Mounts hit three threes early Furman was 12 of the first 16 Andrew Brown didn't miss a shot, 6 of 6, including 5 of 5 from beyond the arc. And it just seemed like, and I've talked about this a lot over the years, it seems like if the first couple shots go down for somebody, it is contagious. And everyone else can kind of jump on board. And so ETSU, I I thought the score right before half to cut it uh, was at the 9. And then ETSU scored the first four of the second half. And got a defensive stop. So it's a five-point game. They have the ball and a turnover, and not just one, not two, but three consecutive turnovers and three buckets, put it back double digits, and then from there it seemed like ETSU uh, was never able to, was never able to recover and certainly was never the same. Yeah, you look at Clay Mounts and his stats. I mean, to hit the three threes early that he did, he was the only one really in those first five or six minutes for Furman that came to play offensively at least right from the jump he ends up with 15 so I think that's actually kind of a win considering he got nine early points my issue was you look at the box score late in the first half and Matt Rafferty and Jordan Lyons who are averaging a combined 33 points per game were one of four from the field and the Paladins were up 11 so it was once again everybody else it seems like there's some guys that have just had their best games of the season sometimes of their career in big games against DTSU I compared the Andrew Brown, and you did set me straight a little bit saying, you know, Andrew Brown, he's got a little bit more of a track record than Angelo Allegri, who won, I think, 5 of 5 from outside against uh, against ETSU when UNCG came in and beat the Bucks by 7 about 3 or so weeks ago. But to have a performance like that, and of course I jinxed the entire thing right on Friday. I was like, well, you know, really with Furman, you got to watch out for Lions and Rafferty. And they did end up getting theirs in the second half. But a lot of that was kind of as Furman was really pulling away Mounts was early. Brown was early. They were the ones that created the distance, and then Rafferty and Lyons really put the hammer down. But if you would have said Andrew Brown's going 6-for-6 from the field, 5-of-5 from deep, 
that is something where I would have thrown a red flag up and said, well, the Bucks might be in trouble because that reminds me of an Angelo Allegri that had 51 total points on the year coming in and uh, putting the Bucks in a bad situation for UNCG. Brown, yes, a little bit more recognized, but still not a guy that Furman relies on, not someone you look for on the scouting report a ton, and he came up big. Hey, it was huge, actually. And I thought the star of the game for Clay Mounts, who – who had played five or six games against ETSU, hasn't had particularly great games. Andrew Brown, I think, in, I think it was six or seven games and only scored 36 points. So he's averaging, you know, five, five six yeah. points a game. It's not the 1.5 of Angelo Allegri. Well, and, and, and not only that, I mean, that's a sample size for Andrew Brown versus ETSU. He's hit 100 threes in his career. Yeah. So he's a senior. He's, he's had a lot of action where Allegri really is just a role guy who comes in. With, but I, I thought – ETSU, and, and here's the game plan a lot, is you try to take away the first couple options. Well, they get Rafferty in foul they trouble. They do the, and out of the starting five, the one guy you're going, well, who do you have the least amount of confidence in is probably Clay Mount shooting the three. And so, you know, you try to take away other things. Mounts, now, he had some clean, probably more clean looks than he should have had. Uh, and not a hand in his face. I mean, I'm not. I mean, they're still college athletes. You you still have to play somewhat defensively against a guy, right? But Clay Mounts gets his first three threes, and then all of a sudden you overplay that, and then they throw the ball to a couple cutters like Alex Hunter, the point guard, going down the lane for easy layups, and you know it just kind of snowballed from there. I thought ETSU weathered the first part of the game well because they came all the way back to take the lead at one point, and even right before half, I thought, okay, they got that. That uh, just really a terrible play by Furman to turn it over. Patrick Good got a steal in a bucket, got it to nine. They came out second half, went inside a couple of times, a couple big buckets, and again, the ball only down five, a lot of momentum, and then boom, three straight turnovers. The lead goes back to 11 or 12, and all of a sudden it grows to 14, a technical foul later, and some things, it's 18, and you blink, it's 34. I mean, it just escalated quickly. I thought you had a great stat on Matt Rafferty that no one in college basketball history, and you might have to fill in some of the blanks here, but average like 16 points, 10 rebounds, what, four assists, a block, and three steals in the history of college basketball. And he's on pace to do that in at least four of the categories. He's at like nine rebounds per game right now. But just to tell you what kind of year Matt Rafferty is having, and again, he did come on late on nine shots, got 19 points, led the team in scoring. I mean, that's pretty impressive. We talk about Cam Jackson as probably player of the year, or you look around at some others from the conference where Rafferty's probably top three, I would think, on most people's polls. But you put forth a stat like that, and I think that's top of the resume for Matt Rafferty, not only for when, when he may play overseas, but also for the player of the year honor. I mean, I was just reading a CBS article talking about bubble teams just to see what they were t- And this was before the ETSU Wofford game, just to get info there. At the very end of the article, the guy says the best player in college basketball, and statistically, it's not even close as Matt Rafferty. And wow. so, of course, that you're like, whoa, let's read that. And then when he backs it up yeah. with the fact that he's checked with two different statistical websites that that keep up with all that, that Rafferty could be the first. I think it was seventeen, ten, four, three, and one. Okay. And, and so the, the he's on the, seventeen the, now. The, he's yeah, right on yeah, seventeen. Needs, needs the, the needs a little bit more rebounding. He's averaging over the assist total. He's averaging the steal total, and he's got a block a game. So I mean, you're sitting there looking at some of those stats, and you know that anytime you can say at some point in time, especially now that there's so many basketball games and players to go, that you can be the first to do something. And I realize you might be cherry picking a few stats, but still, seventeen, ten, four, three, and one. He's in the top ten or top five in almost every statistical category in the league. Right. And he's one of the few five men that the offense runs through him to be the passer, the scorer, whatever. You know, in the first half, I, I thought it was a very bad sign that ETSU got two quick ones on Rafferty, and one was an offensive foul. And then, you know, and he's on the bench, only plays eight minutes, and you look up and you're right. Him and Jordan Lyons hadn't scored, and all of a sudden you're down nine. Because if you put that scenario forth before the game, Steve Forbes is like, yes, give me that scenario because we're going to be up double digits going into halftime. You know, and I thought Jerome Rodriguez did a good job. He, You know, he's a guy that doesn't really complain a lot. I thought he got mauled a few times down low, and I think it was one of those sort of an NBA where, okay, it went in, so they didn't, you know, they didn't blow the whistle. Uh, and sometimes it didn't go in, and they, they did call a foul. And it was a couple times I think they thought it was going in or it rattled in and out, and they didn't call a foul. So I think, um, you know, and, and the way the game was called, 
was similar to, to Wofford. I, I didn't really have a problem uh, with the the officiating or anything, and it's certainly there was no call. It's a thirty point call, right? There's nothing. That, when a matter of fact, ETSU got a couple of. I mean, one foul on Rafferty. I know that uh, Furman was livid about that. It was a little ticky-tack considering the way the, the game was played. I, the only thing I think is once Rodriguez caught fire, I think Furman, you know, was trying to foul him to stop him. And it, it, he just didn't get a couple calls. But other than that, I thought the game was called similar to the Wofford game, and they pretty much let teams go at it and decide it. And I'm a huge fan of that. Nobody, nobody wants to see – the double bonus with eight minutes in the first half and 12 minutes going in the second half, and there's 40 fouls called, and it's just there's no flow to the game. And you got really guys on the floor deciding the game that wouldn't be on the floor in normal circumstances deciding the game. So I enjoyed the Rafferty stat. I think you're top five on an MVP ballot right now in the league, and if you want to throw in anybody else, feel free. But And this is in no particular order. Fletcher McGee, Francis Alonzo, Cam Jackson, Jerome Rodriguez, Matt Rafferty, I think those are probably – the five, and so I just didn't realize how good of a case that Rafferty has. Here's my question to you, and this is why I don't freak out when I see that game against Furman. It wasn't fun in that second half to have them streak away like they did, and like you said, really in the blink of an eye, snap of the fingers, it was all of a sudden 25, 30 points, but had you ever seen a shooting display like that? I mean, they made 12 of their first 16 threes. They were shooting 67% deep into the game at one point, and, and as you mentioned, post game. They probably wish a couple of those guys that have been chucking up threes weren't at the end of the game because otherwise their percentages would have been better. But do you remember a game where an opponent of ETSU's was just that lights out? The only one uh, – I'm trying to think. I think there's three that come to mind, uh, and I'd have to double-check the one Belmont one. But ETSU played Belmont, and I think it was maybe the 6 7 championship game. And got beat 92-67 at home. And there was – that wasn't the game Josh Hare hit 11 threes in the Dome. That was actually a regular season game. But that was a – they they shot pretty lights out in that one. The 52-point loss at Syracuse, and I think it was like 26-0 to start, or 26-2. I think Murray Bartow used all of his timeouts by the first media. Like it was – that was a – and, again, that's a different level, though. Syracuse there. And the VCU here in the Dome was another one because Troy Daniels, yet again, another guy hit 11 threes in the Dome. And he set his school record at ETSU um, for that. So those are the three that come to mind. Belmont was a conference championship game that was actually in the Dome. Wow. Uh, and so that was a little disappointing. But those are the, the three or four because I've actually thought about that as the game was going on. Like, when have I... So I actually yeah. had time to, to, to think. But Conference what now? You know, VCU that was a team that was coming off a, a Final Four run, you know, and they had a bunch of guys. Troy Daniels is in the league, by the way. Um, Syracuse, it's Syracuse at Syracuse. You know, I don't, I don't. You know, was, the only thing in that game is Jerry McNamara ended up uh, uh, tearing up a knee in the game mm. against ETSU on, on really nothing. I think it was just one of those things of non-contact. He just came down awkwardly trying to drive and was out for the rest of the year. As far as that goes, Belmont's championship game was a packed house in the dome. I mean, everyone's expecting, and all of a sudden, it was just a couple of couple of headshots, and it was over. I mean, it was just it was over quickly. I mean, uh, that that was that was only three three or four games. You know, head coach Steve Forbes' only other worst loss was Villanova the year they won a national championship. Right. So my point is, when you're talking about three or four games against DTSU over the span of 15, 20 years, if you're including your student days, I'm not totally worried now i know the counterpoint is well guys got to compete and, and i saw some stuff out there like you know and even coach forbes said it he, he said that he thought a lot of the guys you know, quit um on the game and, and i can definitely see how he got that impression and maybe it's true i'm not sure he would know way better than me but while well, the counterpoint is guys got to compete y- sure but when you're doing what etsu was doing and maybe they didn't have their best that day and maybe we expected a little bit of a letdown after the tight overtime loss to Wofford at home. Uh, that's just natural, I think. But when you're doing what ETSU is doing, trying to go on the road 48 hours after that loss, and you're hanging in the game, and you, like you said, get within five, and then you make three straight mistakes, and all of a sudden it's back to 11, that is going to be deflating even more. And at some point, the air is going to be completely out of the tires. I, I don't want to make a ton of excuses for the team, but let's put things in perspective here. The sky is not falling. 
You know, the Grand Canyon is not closing. Global warming is not melting the earth. We're still going to be here tomorrow, and more importantly, we're still going to be here when March comes around in Asheville. Like, I'm, not, I'm not panicking about this loss. It was ugly. There's no question about that. But ETSU, after the Wofford loss, wasn't winning a SoCon regular season championship. They were not getting an NCAA tournament at large birth. This loss in the grand scheme of things is very minor for where ETSU wants to be in a month. No, I t- totally agree. And um, it's one of those where you almost like, what's, what's the old football say every once in a while? Like, they just go bury the football, right? We're, you know, it's just it's over. We're going to. We're going to not worry about it, so let's just let's just go out in the back. We'll get the game ball. We'll dig a hole, throw it in there. Nobody's going to talk about it. My guess is that after today, I don't think Coach Forbes and them are going to reference that moving forward. Just, just a guess. I think it's just one of those, all right, guys, we had it. Here we go. I mean, wasn't what we wanted. We need to go back to the drawing board. We're going to fix it and move on. Do you, so, want, to, uh, do you want to hear this Coach Forbes audio or no? Uh, <laughs> it's pretty graphic. Let's get the first. Let's get the first. You know, they killed us at the three-point line. Um, our big guy, our fours, uh, Andrew Brown had five of those. Gurley one, Mounts three. There's nine of them uh, at their at the in their at their four spot. It's it's just it can't it can't win that way. And uh, we didn't um, we didn't turn them over. We didn't get in transition, and we turned it over. And uh, I think they went one time where they might have scored. Um, ten straight times. It's disgraceful effort, disgraceful to our to ETSU, to the program that we've built since I've been there. That's disgraceful. And now you talk about today for ETSU men's basketball. This is a peek into what it looks like. We're going two days. We're going at six a.m. on Monday. We'll go at three thirty on t- on on uh, on uh, Monday, and we'll do that the rest of the week till we get it fixed. And we'll do it the rest of the time for the end of the season until we get it fixed. I'm not going. Not gonna, I'm not going to have this. No way. Safe to say that Coach Forbes was not seeing things through my rose-colored glasses on Santos and the sidekick. Well, it was tough. And it was, right, I mean, it was right after the game. Right? It was literally, we caught him. Uh, you know, I think he even uh, called me a couple of days ago and said, hey, look, maybe I should take the cooling off period if it's a game like that. And I told him I have no issues. I mean, as long as he comes out and talks to me, which he said, yeah, no, no trouble. He'd never leave me high and dry there. But maybe he needed a few minutes just to say something to the team, get out there, take a couple deep breaths. Then, then come out and talk, and uh, but he was honest. I think the fans like that, right? I mean, you don't want to show. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, yeah. it was a good team. Great you, know, quotes. you know, great quote. I think that's you know, you want somebody passionate about it. I think he gave us those quotes. I love an honesty Forbes after a loss because he does not sugarcoat anything. Uh, he's going to put it out there, and he's got he's very active on social media, and he's got a connection to the fans, you know. And so I think he feels a little bit of an obligation to and. He has mentioned this post game a couple of times. He did it before the Wofford game, as a matter of fact, after ETSU um, was on the road. I can't remember who they were playing that night in particular. I think it was maybe Chattanooga. But he said, you know, I'm not going to talk about it with the players, but here, I'll tell the fans, <clears throat> pardon me, on the post game show. And he said, this is going to be a big game against Wofford. We need everybody there. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Really excited for it. So I think that because he is the type of coach that he is, it leads to him to some of those quotes and I, I don't think he should change at all I don't think he should take a cooling up here and I think he should come out and get more quotes like that because that is giving a peek into what things are like for coach Forbes how he runs his program and how badly he wants to fix this and I do think that while I'm saying a lot of you know positive things for the players you know and for the game itself and that it's not that huge of a deal you do have to also have consequences if you are trying to build a program that's going to win a championship and do that year in and year out and develop a culture. And I think part of Coach Ford's message was that effort's not okay. And there are going to be consequences. And they start at 6 a.m. Monday. Ugh. That so, sounds way too early, doesn't it? Uh, brutal. No, I mean, I got out of the military for that reason. So I didn't do that. Uh, that. That I didn't want to shave anymore. So just real quick, I, I did look up the, those three games. Syracuse shot 60% from three. They were 15 of 25. Uh, and VC, VCU on the road. Now, that's Syracuse at home. This is VCU on the road, shot 47%, but they were 16 of 34. And, and they rabbit hunted a few for Troy Daniels just to get the, the, the record. Yeah. Uh, and then last game, the uh, Belmont game was 14 of 29, so they were 48%. So, again, and that was technically a neutral site game because it's a championship game, but it was on ETSU's home floor. So, um, I think that was one time I found a Gardner-Webb that shot 60% or something like that. But, I mean – uh, it is a definite uh, performance for Furman that I don't know that they'll duplicate. Um, 
again, and I think it was a little bit of a perfect storm. I'm just going to be honest with you. I think, I think the players said the right thing. I think the coaches thought everything was all right, but I think the loss took a little bit more of a toll on the players uh, than what they wanted to admit. And uh, I think you take the basketball that they didn't use this morning, I heard. I heard they had a practice without a basketball at 6 a.m. Ah, okay. And now at 3.30 they will have a yeah. basketball, so we'll see how that goes. And I think you take the ball and you just take a big old knife and you stab it and deflate it and you throw it uh, in the uh, incinerator, burn it up, and uh, play with a new ball next week. A lot of those kids are getting up at 6 a.m. and practicing without a basketball. I would not want to do that. All right, we'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, as some segment that Mike is fired up about, I've not been told, we'll find after this on the uh, – <laughs> Well, he's already cutting me off, ladies and gentlemen. He's already cutting the mic. That's how much I'm not happy about it. The mic is gone. All right, Santa's sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecues, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and O, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com, member FDIC. Look, if you're like me, you got a lot to remember. Like, remember to pick up some refreshingly cold lemon-lime Mountain Dew ice. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, here's my trick. If it's a nice day, I think nice rhymes with ice. And that reminds me, I better get some Mountain Dew ice. Or if someone asks me for the time, I think time rhymes with lime, like in lemon-lime. If I work at it, anything can remind me to get to the store and get myself some Mountain Dew ice. Mountain Dew ice. Remember to get some. Welcome back to Smooth 92.2. I'm Dr. Love, and I want to hear the secret to your romantic success. We've got Brian on the line. Bright guy, what did you do? Well, I wanted to spice things up, so I surprised my wife with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, and did those work, Brian? You know they did, Dr. Love. It doesn't take a relationship expert to know you can't go wrong with February instant games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? He texted me at 2 in the morning. Please, the number 4, Ivory? And he never brought it up again. So, middle of the day on Wednesday, he sent me munch, no, no, from, from, no, ain't no punctuation ever. He's got to have letters missing from his keyboard. I'm still trying to figure that one out, bro. The back end of two basketball games and a football game in the same weekend. It was a 6 a.m. email that said, Shoe runs my world, curls. Which either meant, who runs the world, girls, that Beyonce song, or was just a terrible shoe joke. Here's why I love terrible this segment. segment. This terrible is why I love segment. this segment is because it takes months and months, which is a credit to you because Jano's English language is kind of designed as a this is going to be once every other week type thing because I figured that you said enough ridiculous things. And you kind of do. I just don't save all of them. You know, there's not enough good ones that are that would make air. You know, like there's a lot of kind of cutting room floor type stuff where it's like, yeah, it's kind of good, but... It wouldn't be funny enough, so it takes a couple of months to save up all these clips. 
to go back and rehash your version of the English language. So, a credit to you, but also when the day does come around, and this is only the second one since the show's been going for about six months, you have to bask in the glory. And the first one is from December 8th. These are in chronological order. There's three from 2018 and then five from 2019. So you're off to a hot start. New Year, same J. So you're off to a hot start in 2019. Here comes uh, number one. I'm not sure you'll get this. This is, I'd say this is the most even, excusable one in the bunch. Let's, uh, uh, let's see what that Trey Boyd, long looking at I mean, Trey Boyd had enough time. He could have played an entire PlayStation game. At the time, we all kind of stopped in the studio and were like, what? What, what was that? And so we went back and kind of hashed it out, and the, the wording was what got us in studio. Now, you listen back to it not in the moment, and you're like, okay, well, he was just looking for some kind of thing to say that he had forever, right? He could have gone back and played a full PlayStation game. Firstly, I thought it was funny that you used PlayStation because when you don't put, like, 3 or 4 or Voo or any of those at the end of it, it sounds like you're speaking from your generation of 1993 when PlayStation 1 was that, the thing. That wasn't even a thing. In it wasn't? Okay. I, I know nothing about we the past. I'm trying to think. I was still probably playing the Sega Genesis or the Dreamcast had just come out in the 90s. Okay. So, yeah, no, I wasn't. Their PlayStation. I think the Dreamcast was 2000. Love Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, late 90s. Yeah, something like that. So, that one, I didn't no, think that one was that bad. Okay, yeah, I didn't think. Um, I'm fine. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and this is one that we talked about after the game, or during the game, actually, on Saturday. What's up, that for a timeout? When we come back, John City Honda starting lineup for the Pepsi-Cola open, open tap. Yeah. <laughs> It's an opening tap. Well, what's uh, what's the issue here with that part of the broadcast? You, you gotta you gotta give us a little look. So I don't know if you know that Pepsi is our official. What's Pepsi? Uh, bottler. Love uh, CTSU. Love Pepsi. And for ten years it was another bottler, if you will. And so it was. I don't know anything about that. The opening tap, opening whatever their catchphrase was. <laughs> And every once in a while I get going real fast and I go to a break. And it just <laughs> after 10 years of rallying off the same thing, yes. I slip. It's fair. I slip. It's fair. I, I don't. I, I think I think that's not bad. Okay. It's, it's not good, but I don't think that's bad. Let's see uh, what do we have here. He'll go to Williamson, an offensive rebound, and the Bucks with an opportunity. Opportunity. Which one? Go ahead. It's an opportunity. How do you know? <laughs> opportunity. Opportunity. That's, uh, I have a problem saying that word, too, actually. Um, but I'm not sure I butchered it that bad. Here's here's your next one. Got B.J. Mackey up off the bench. He's usually not very demonstrative, whatever that word is. <laughs> oh, boy. What is it? Can you say it now? <laughs> I thought you were going to go demonstrative, because that's what it looks like. But, you know, is that still not going to get it. Yeah, he's not very excitable on the bench. Is that, is that fair? He's not very excitable, so um, you know he doesn't he, he doesn't show a whole lot of him. But that's not saying that he's not, because occasionally guys walk by. Again, I'm sitting next to him, but he doesn't usually stand up and show any outward emotion or, or gets on a guy. Right? He waits to get to the bench. He, he's kind of the guy as you walk by and slap his hand. He tells you what you did wrong. In a, stern tone. He's not usually a stand-up, take a step out on the floor and wear a guy out, and at that time he did. Here's uh, here's another. 39-inch Burt Jobby. I have, to under- Jobby. I have to understand where Jobby came from. Now, it's not some others have tried to imitate that bit of English from you, and it's gone horrendously wrong. Um, and I won't go into any more detail than that because it's really not safe for air, even though it was said over the air. Uh, by a couple of people, but in this case, I, I like how you could just say vertical, vertical jump, but everything where it seems like you don't know, this is key to Jado's English language, because it seems like every time you don't know what word you're looking yeah. for, you insert jobs. Yeah, it's uh, all-encompassing, so when you're in the military, there's, there's a, a word everybody says is poor, and so... Sure. It means everything. Yes, no, maybe, no idea. You know, you just put everything on it, but it's the inflection on how you put on it. And after you hear it enough, you kind of understand what somebody's trying to say in military jargon. So, and, and there's other military words in different branches they use. But for 
Jivey, it came down to me not knowing a lot of words or what things are called. <laughs> and so people just got used to me pointing and saying, you know, hand me the Jivey or you're in with it. You know what I'm talking about with a job. Yeah. A job thing, you know what I'm talking about. And so a lot, of, a lot of people actually took to that, which is worse, because then once they started to understand what I meant, I didn't have to really learn words. Right. And so that's where that comes from. The, the word jobby is all-encompassing for me. In, uh, it can be descriptive. It can be a noun. It can yes. be a am, am I right? That is the that is the Swiss Army knife of your Jano's English language. Yeah, it is a very common word that has at least a thousand Okay. I did try to qualify that comment, or quantify, whatever. I just want to make sure you know the difference between qualifying and quantifying something. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. (laughs) So to quantify is to basically explain something with numbers, right? Quantity. Yeah, exactly. Qualifying would be like going out and studying. (laughs) Is that not right? Close enough. All right. Uh, qualify versus quantify. Uh, here, this we will try that again. This one. <laughs> I like the effort, though. I mean, to qualify, to explain something with words. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, very good at it. <laughs> clearly. Um, this one is from when you were on the phone. I believe it was when you were on the long trip with men's basketball a few weeks back. The nickel. Uh, the, the nickel. The nickel. You're inventing body parts now. The the knee and the ankle combined is the nickel. Yeah, and I think that happens to a lot of people when your nickel gets hurt. You know, it's uh, especially someone of my age. You know, you can just roll over and then the nickel goes out. There is a long amount of space between the knee and the ankle. So is everything from the knee all the way down to the ankle the nickel? It, it could just be the shin, and I'm just right. think of it. But that's the injury. That could be it. Last one, and uh, probably my favorite one. Well, Patrick Good, rare fried air. Rare fried air. Yeah. That's like basically when you make uh, a burrito. <laughs> you know, you kind of wrap that in there. Is that not right? I think you were looking for rarefied. Rare fr- but And I would have let it go if you would have put the rare and the fried closer together, but they were distinctly separate words. Rare fried air. Now, in, in, so that was the Western game, correct? I believe it was, yeah, the other That was a very good smell from the concession stand all game. <laughs> and, and I can't stress that enough that I was very hungry because that was a 7 o'clock game. Yeah. And generally driving up like I don't stop to eat. Sure. I just wait till after the game to eat. And so... The game was over. He's throwing some big numbers on the board. I'm hungry. I think that's the best explanation for that. So you've got, uh, and you can go ahead and give me in any order you'd like, the PlayStation. I thought that was the least good. Yeah, I, I still think, I that's still that's think right. the open tap, because it, it is the sponsorship thing that we and, won't discuss further. And we're only like 25 games in. <laughs> I right? enjoy so, that so one. That, one that, that one's up there, because you should know. Opportunity. That's a good one. That's a pretty good one. Uh Demonstrative, demonstrative, demonstrative. Uh, all of that. Yes. All of that's the, pretty the, good. The, the jobbies, at least, because for me, that's normal language. For, for you, it's normal For everyone jobbie. else, I understand. It's the normal like job. confused, but that's, uh, that's the normal jobbie. So I think, for me, that one's not the good. Qualify versus quantify. That was soft. That's pretty good. Uh, second to last was the nickel, which I enjoyed just because yeah, I was it's not try to, I was trying to think, what were we, I don't even know who I was talking about. I think you're talking about Jerome. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had, uh, and, and, and the funny thing is, it was his knee, not his ankle. And I think I started one and probably tried to second guess myself. Right. And then it just came out all Came out nickel. Yeah. And then you repeated nickel. And then my favorite is probably rare fried. Especially with your explanation now being that a smell wafted towards you down oh, the court side, and great. you had that in your head to motivate you to go and do the rare fry. Yeah, I don't know if it was like uh, flavored kettle corn or something like a gourmet popcornish smell. But it was not fried then. Uh, and no, I don't. Well, you get less credit. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like you could smell. Uh, I mean, it weren't like deep fried Oreos. Or oh. Now, in fairness, I used to have a, a, a regular event at my house where we would deep fry different things. What happened to that? Well, you know, health problems. Fair enough. Fair enough. A couple doctor results told me I couldn't. It was not so rare fried, so there was an issue. By the way, I just want to commend you again on the the cocktail music that's playing for like 12 minutes. Enjoyable segment. (laughs) Actually, very Jay Sandoz, Jano's English Language Lounge. It makes me feel better about uh, my idiocies. Idiocies. There you go. And your etiquacies and your idiocies. 
It's the it's the language lounge. See the, See, lo- the lounge. Yeah, that's the ironicity of all of this. Very, there you see it. Very well done. All right, we'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, bold predictions. We'll finally have that uh, recap for you. I think I actually got one right, and Mike got all of them wrong. Pretty sure. I'm catching up on it. All right, Santa Stocky, don't forget to download us SoundCloud and on iTunes. We'll be back with more Santa's and the Sidekick right after this timeout on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we're transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics, Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new Made to Crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe you'll lie. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new Made to Crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. LeBron is a Laker. Four-year, $154 million, a max deal. I'm ecstatic. I think it was the right situation, the right call for him to make. He wasn't going to get anything accomplished in Cleveland. That was obvious. ESPN has announced the network's new broadcast team for the 49th season of Monday Night Football. Former Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten, who recently announced his retirement after a 15-year pro career, will immediately jump into the analyst role. LeVar Ball's Big Baller brand has gotten an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. The Browns dropped the ball all year long. Unfortunately, a team, a coach, an organization, not good enough to earn one win. The only win in the last two years came on Christmas Eve. Now here we are on New Year's Eve. Talking about a team that will go down as one of the worst in NFL history. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. A simple wrong would have done just fine. I think that describes our life, but uh, I don't know. It's all right. I got one, and oh, I was ever. I know it doesn't count, but I was ever so close on my other two. I thought I, at one time, towards the end of the women's game, I thought, man, I'm going to get that one. And then the men's game, I was like, one more bucket. I got, and all of a sudden, I was going to have a three for a week and be spectacular, just be nipping on the heels of the Gallagher. But 
I didn't. I did get a little ground, but I certainly didn't uh, catch up as much as I wanted. Yeah, so you had four women's basketball players for ETSU in double figures. You did come close. 19 for Erica haynes Overton, 10 for Micah Sheets. They get there. But then Raven Dean falls one point short. Brittany Snowden falls two points short. And what makes it perhaps even worse is Snowden hits her two free throws that she missed. She's at 10. Uh, Raven Did Dean, Dean well, she, free she went one for one at the line, so ah. that's not as bad. But, uh, yeah, you were mm. painfully, agonizingly close on that. ETSU, of course, did get the victory, which, is, yeah, I mean, the, the victory is still nice for oh, the team. I would and rather take the, a win over Chattanooga than anything. Yes, that is the most important thing about that prediction. Uh, I said 100% from the line for the women's team. Um, I think you missed it on the first one. I think I might have. They were, I think, three for their first eight, and mm. – Hey, I'm ever the optimist. I mean, what do you want from me? Uh, ETSU had been shooting the ball better at the line. Granted, they hadn't cracked 80%, so it was a big jump to see them go all the way to 100. And for any team at any level in any sport, well, I guess it would have to be basketball because you only shoot free throws in basketball. But you understand my meaning. Uh, it's tough to shoot 100% from the line. I don't think that happens more than, I'd say, what, 5% of the time at most. Uh, one out of every 20 games at most, without a doubt. Well, so. and, and I'm sure the volume – too right. If you go, if the team goes line twenty-seven times, you've got less. There's teams that gone line eight to ten times. I was thinking they might go six times and go like six for six. For whatever yeah. reason, that well, is I'm even ten mind. for ten, twelve for twelve. I think once you get over, you know, fourteen, fifteen attempts, it's going to be it. pretty difficult. Yeah, you're pushing it. Uh, ETSU men's basketball. You said two bench players in double figures, and again, close. you get really close. Isaiah Tisdale on three shots gets eight points. Trey Boyd gets to thirteen, so you got one. But Isaiah Tisdale ah just comes up short. Now, to be fair, the entire bench had only twenty-two combined points. There's only he one. Missed, point. He missed one shot too, right? Uh, it was a three, yes. Yeah, he missed one shot. So it, there was only one point outside of Tisdale and Boyd. It was Lucas Goussaint who ended up uh, playing 17 minutes, had a board and assist, and one point. But the bench didn't produce, I think, on the whole, as you would have expected. But you almost had the two individuals get you there, and that has to hurt again. It was close. Again. It was close. I, the pain is mounting. It was good. I mean, they were both still, I think, boldish in their predictions, yes. and, uh, but yet still a little bit attainable. and Boldish and rightish. Yeah, but, but what makes it bold is it didn't happen, right? That's, yeah. that's, that's what that's, happened. Yeah, right. All right. Bo Hodges, I thought he was going to explode in this game, and I, of course I thought the game would go a lot differently than it did. So if Bo Hodges perhaps would have had the game that I thought he may and would have continued to set the tone as he has lately for ETSU and put up another big game, I said 20-plus points. Perhaps the game would have gone a bit differently, but as you said in our second segment, there's no 30-point shot. There's not one player that's going to probably make up a 30-point deficit. So while Bo Hodges – had seven points, five rebounds, and one assist. Even if it were 27, five rebounds, and one assist, it still would have been a 10-point loss for the ETSU men. At least we could have gotten a bold prediction right with the loss. I mean, that's at least a redeeming quality, or vice versa. You know, if ETSU would have won, we right. got our bold predictions wrong. That would have been fine. But at least give us one W, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, nothing there. Uh, and for me, I'll just go ahead and get this one out of the way. Uh, he is the smartest no. man in the universe. You stubborn, yeah. stupid, <laughs> silly man! Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. I believe in the Lakers to a fault. I believe in LeBron this year, perhaps to a fault. I thought Kyle Kuzma really showed up against the 76ers on Sunday, dropping 39. LeBron almost had a triple-double. You had Brandon Ingram yeah, they were close. in double figures. And then they gave they up 143 <laughs> points to the Philadelphia 76ers. who A lot that, of points. That reworked roster is looking pretty good. Joel Embiid went for 37-14. and 14. J.J. Redick had 21. Uh, Tobias Harris, the newcomer, had 22 points on 14 shots. They shot 58% from the field and 50% from outside. Unfortunately, a bit like Furman, who beat ETSU men's basketball. And the 76ers beat me and the Lakers in this bold prediction. How, how, the how Lakers you, did not beat the 76ers. How do you feel, since you're a big uh, AAF fan, that that outdrew the Lakers, uh, the first game drill, the, outdrew the Lakers and Sixers? It uh, wasn't the Lakers. Well, it was the Lakers and Sixers because the night before, the debut, I forget who was playing, but Houston and Oklahoma City, which is the primetime game on ABC, that was outdrawn by the AAF as well. I'm still trying to get somebody from the AAF on. I want to believe in the AAF. The AAF just has to believe in me. That's the only thing. It's got to be a give and take. You have to understand that. Clemson over Virginia Tech. Yeah. And yes. Well done. I am the smartest yes. man alive. Yes. That is the one. Uh, Virginia Tech, gosh, I watched them Boy, they, they, on a given night, and I'm like, that's the best team in basketball. And then they go out and play like that. Uh, it's, uh, it's just, just terrible. Buzz Williams, I'm not sure, is going to figure it out to get an NCAA tournament win. It, uh, they're certainly going to be in the tournament, so they're going to have a shot. His name's been rumored around. Did you 
for the Buck fans, I don't know if they saw how UCLA lost. Oh, gosh. What, it, what was mean, it, like a 13-point deficit? Ke- with Kevin Brown had given me the, hey, Coach Bart, as we're driving back, hey, Coach Bartow had won. I'm like, oh, good for him. Oh, I'll send him a no. message. And then all of a sudden I get a text from two, three guys going, did you see how Coach lost? You did not send him a message. No, I did not. I had not sent it yet. I had not sent it yet. (laughs) I don't know what was even better because I've seen that look before where he's got the arms folded and he's kind of mid-court as the shot goes in. Was he wearing transition glasses too? I couldn't tell. Sunglasses? (laughs) I don't know what was going on. It's very bright in poly position. (laughs) Yeah, okay. But a heartbreaking loss there. All right, oh open it. So what, what's the stats? Get so you it. are 11 of 56, still not above 200. I have lost 11 bold predictions in a row. I was at 14 of 45. I'm now at 14 of 56. Three back. Hitting 250. You are uh, about 55 percentage points back. In the and, and, my, and my bold, bold back. season prediction, which were worth five apiece, uh, are coming into play here shortly. Uh, my, yeah, those are coming up quick, and I don't think I've gotten any of mine. I'm not, I might not get any all right, tomorrow we're going to recap. How about this? Today at noon on Monday, uh, Hero Sports is going to release their FCS rankings on recruiting. We'll go over that tomorrow. We'll also talk to Austin Heron. And then uh, top 25, we'll talk about that. Maybe Angry Man. Uh, and we'll recap the coaching show as well. Oh, and the coaching Angry Man if there's enough time. Who knows? Santos and the sidekick. Tomorrow, Buccaneers. Sports Network.